0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Drabblecast. The Drabblecast is a weekly short fiction podcast featuring strange stories by strange authors for strange listeners such as yourself. I'm Norm Sherman, your host. I've gotten some email from people recently saying that they have a story that they wanted to send in, but it's not really funny or not dark or creepy enough. I just wanted to clarify for everyone that The Drabblecast is a podcast that features short stories of all genres. Or, I guess more often than not, stories that don't really have a genre. While the main criteria for a story here is just that it be short, fun, and well-written, I'd like to maintain some sense of mystery for the listeners of this podcast, like you never know quite what you're going to get. Another thing that I think is pretty important to all story-based podcasts is that the story work well in audio. Things like pacing and narrative and stuff are important when a story is being read to you. I try to keep this less audio drama and more about the storyline by holding off on massive amounts of sound effects and whatnot. Podcasting is getting to be a pretty big thing since Apple is kind of taking over the world and making iPhones and iCars and iWhales. There are all sorts of places like podcastpickle.com and, of course, iTunes that feature thousands of podcasts about pretty much anything you can think of. And because anyone can make and publish a podcast fairly easy these days, you get a lot of pretty crappy ones. So you just kind of have to dig around for ones that interest you. I may be wrong, but it seems like a lot of people that subscribe and listen to podcasts are people that have to drive places. A lot of podcasts are like talk radio basically people's audio blogs, and I'm generally not interested in those. Audiobooks, however, make a trip fly by for me, much faster than listening to music. So that's why I think literary and short story podcasts are so sweet, because they're free and you get your imagination going when you're stuck someplace that you can't read, like a car or jogging or what have you. A lot of big-time authors are even podcasting their novels for free to build up fan bases, and they aren't too hard to find if you look around for them. Shoot me an email at goatkeeper at hotmail.com if you're wondering where to find good story-based podcasts, and I'll point you in some directions. For now, I'll just say check out escapepod.org, pseudopod.org, and podiobooks.com to get started. It's that time again. It's the Travel Poetry Corner. Amid the Squid by Norm Sherman. Amid the Squid. I sit and think of reasons to explain. My sitting here among the squid that fall on me like rain. Today's story is also by yours truly. A little sci-fi piece I crunched out retelling the awesomest story in the history of mankind. Yes, that's the story of Roanoke, The Lost Colony. Roanoke was the first English colony on the New World, an enterprise financed and organized by Sir Walter Raleigh in the late 16th century. Between 1585 and 1587, groups of colonists were left on their own to make the attempt. The final group disappeared after a period of three years elapsed without supplies from England. When help finally came, there was nothing left of the colony, just the word Croatan carved on a tree. So, without further ado, Roanax, by Norm Sherman. Tagath sat on a large red rock and watched the fleeing creatures in the valley below. His bio-scanner told him that one of the large predators of this world was chasing the herd of animals and would soon make an appearance from the nearby jungle wall. He couldn't wait. The scouts had reported that these predator specimens were truly magnificent, his pedipalps twitched with anticipation. The Kolok talk had discovered Ray 2-3 some fifteen solar rotations earlier. It had been the second life-bearing planet that they had ever encountered, the most primitive and certainly the most fascinating. They had discovered the aquatic Viths two centuries before, almost missing them and their underground ocean habitat, deep below Vith 5's surface. The Viths were so reclusive, though, and their world had no valuable resources. It was basically uninhabitable by the Kolok talk. The buzz died out about Vith 5 a long time ago. But Ray 2 3 Ray 2 3 was all the talk back on the homeworld. A resource rich planet with breathable air, adequate water, and sufficient ultraviolet radiation. A bit warm, but definitely habitable. And the life forms, so diverse. The scientists were up to their necks in classification. Ray-2-3 was small, mostly one large continent, but there were so many varied forms of animal and plant life that it baffled the mind. Tagath knew his assignment was not of a scientific nature, though. His crew had been sent here to establish the first colony, Roanax. After initial scouting reports deemed Ray-2-3 generally innocuous, the Kolok Tok sent Tagath and his crew of only 2,000 to establish a settlement and prepare for a second wave of colonization. Of the crew, most were Croatan, the slave labor species of the Kolok Tok. They were expendable and easy to manage. Of course, there were also adequate numbers of healthy male Kolok Tok workers and warriors, and several fertilized females as well. Their objective was simply to clear and establish a secure colony, and then breed and wait for more colonists. The furry Croatan slaves would farm and maintain the colony, just as they had been trained. Right now, however, Tagath wanted to see one of these monsters he had heard so much about. These creatures would no doubt prove a menace, as many were carnivores and would likely see both the Kolok Tok and their furry upright slaves as adequate meals. Tagath knew their weaponry would hold up. No animal with a central nervous system could stand a few hits from a fully charged gun. But these beasts had thick, scaly skin, sharp teeth, and hooked claws. Some could fly. There were even reports that some specimens thrived in the oceans. They were hunters and could surprise you in an instant. It seemed that no place was safe. This primordial planet had some form of death lurking around every corner. Tagath had his orders, but first he would see one of these carnivore reptile beasts for himself. The wall of jungle vegetation ripped open, and a massive horror broke through. It had an enormous head, with a gaping mouth full of immense yellow teeth. Small, seemingly vestigial front arms hung in front of it, but thick, muscular hind limbs propelled it forward. It had a wide, sweeping tail that swung behind it as it charged towards its prey. Dear gods, thought Tagath. This creature was awesome. It was terrible. How could animals like this exist in the universe? The giant beast picked off one of the swift-running creatures it was pursuing, lifting it from the ground and crushing it with its powerful jaws. Tagath swallowed the lump in his throat and scuttled back to the Roanaks' perimeter. There were Croatan slaves everywhere at the colony. They were hauling steel beams, welding, drilling, their furry little limbs furiously employed in different trained tasks all to avoid receiving a sigh-whipping from a monitoring slave-handler. Tegath could not help but notice the similarities between the Croatan animal workers, native to Kolok Tok, and the small, furry mammals found living in groups throughout the forests of Two 3. While the Croatin were obviously a more advanced species than these small mammals, the similarities were remarkable. Their faces, their furry little heads and bodies, their mammary glands, occurring on different species of animals so many galaxies apart. Only a few small hive animals here remotely resembled the Koloktok, with their shiny exoskeletons. Tegath wondered if these creatures reproduced externally as well. Tegath shook himself. He needed to suppress his scientific curiosity for the time being. He was a general, not a researcher. "'Assemble!' he boomed out. Immediately there was a multitude of Croatans standing before him, hairy and stinking, standing oddly upright panting from their labor. From the ground holes, several male koloktok scuttled out. All were required to be present during an assembly, all but the female koloktok, bloated in their surface huts, immobile and mostly unconscious, curled up in their thick shells and guarding the reproductive material of a chosen male. Once the males finished the tunneling system, the females would be transported underground, never to see the light of day again. I have seen one of the toothed ones that our scientists have reported. It is as they say, these beasts are four times our size and are vicious beyond words I can describe. Also, there have been reports of attacks from other ray species within the last week, particularly toward the southern sector of Roanax." The Kolok talk clicked nervously throughout the crowd. The Croatan merely stood with their faces to the ground as they were required to do during an assembly. "'Our colony seems to be located in the center of the Toothed Ones' territory. "'Our objective here is to make this colony safe and clear this area of any threat species "'so that we can prepare for the next colony ship. "'I will lead an expedition of our strongest males into the jungle to eliminate the Toothed Ones. "'We will bring ten healthy Croatan as bait. "'We will leave at first daylight.' "'With that the assembly dispersed, and the hunched hairy Croatan slaves returned to their work efforts.' Tagath thought he saw something that resembled a smirk pass over the face of one of the Croatan as it turned away. Impossible, he thought. The next morning, Tagath stood in front of his expedition team, looking them over with his beady, crystalline row of eyes. Four fully-armed Kolok-Tok warriors double-checked their equipment, rummaged through supply boxes and hissed at the Croatan slaves tied up in the middle. The slaves were restless and anxious, as if they knew a terrible fate awaited them. ''Move out!'' barked Tagath. The team entered the wilderness and immediately felt the thick heat of the jungle cling to their bodies. There were so many strange sounds. Everywhere you looked there were buzzing things, scampering things, things eating or things being eaten. This was not like Kolok Tok at all, where everything was tunneled rock or streamlined silver machinery. A small, hairy mammal with a long tail and a bright orange nose yipped at the intruders from a tree branch. "'Their faces look like yours,' jeered Velash, the slave-handler, as he prodded a shivering Croatan female in line. The slave-girl did not respond and kept her head low, but the others around her looked up at the furry alien with bewilderment. "'Keep moving,' ordered Tagath. "'Biosensors read several large organisms one hundred yards ahead, sir.' reported Specialist Mert, as he fidgeted with his helmet scanner. All right, Jurgood and Ras, establish a perimeter fifty yards ahead, and wait for my command to detonate your Psy-bombs. Valash, walk four of these Croatin ahead of the perimeter, and get them to scream and make some noise, so we can get the targets to come within Psy-bomb range. With pleasure, grinned Valash. Mert, guard these other Croatin. We may need them for later. I'll back up the perimeter once it's set up. Everyone remember to keep your helmet set to deflect psi energy or your toast when the bombs go off. Let's move!" And with that, the party split up, and the Kolok talk were scuttling and leaping through the vegetation. In a matter of minutes, Jurgud's voice came through Tagath's headset. PERIMETER SECURE, SIR, BUT I DON'T SEE ANYTHING YET. Mert's voice responded. THE TARGETS STILL READ ON THE SCANNER, SIR, THEY'RE JUST HOLDING POSITION. Tagath spoke on his headset. Valash, get those Croatan riled up. Within moments, the noise of the jungle was split open by the buzz of a gun going off, and the blood-curdling scream of an unfortunate Croatan slave. A group of corralled backup slaves winced at the shriek of their brother, and they growled and stomped at the floor. Mert spoke into his headset. Sir, the Croatoan are acting strange. I think they're getting angry. Tigath responded. Just keep them in line. Where are the targets? Moving, sir. Moving fast. It looks like they're taking the bait. Sir, there are more, though. There are more coming in from different directions. More? Which directions? Just then the distressed Croatan slaves went berserk. They sprung on Mert before the soldier could reach for his side gun Some of the slaves had managed to gnaw through the restraints of those next to them setting them free. Two of the creatures, still tied up, merely panicked and violently writhed in the coils of their entrapment. The general yelled, Mert, do you copy? Damn it! Valash's voice came from over the headset. Sir, we see the targets now. They're smaller than we thought, though. Maybe a different species or something? Just as mean, though. They're closing in. Tagath gritted his mandibles. Jergud and Ras, do you read me? We need that bomb now. The general was sprinting full out to where the psi bombs were established. We've lost contact with the perimeter. I'm going in to set off the bombs myself. Hold your position. Tagath tore into a small clearing and almost tripped over the mangled corpse of Jergud, strewn out on the jungle floor. He looked up and saw two bird-like dragons with bright reptilian eyes feasting on Rast, whose carapace was split open. The monsters were feeding from his shell like it was a salad bowl. In a second, the creatures looked up at Tagath and raised themselves to pounce. Tagath lunged for the bomb, laying by Jurgud's corpse, and slammed the detonation button. The two dragons instantly fell limp, not even one shriek escaping their gaping toothed maws. Tagath slumped to the wet jungle floor. He spoke flatly over the headset. Does anyone read me? Valash replied. I'm here, sir. The Psyblast took out all the targets. That was too close. Those things tore through the bait slaves like nothing I've ever seen. I would have been next, too, if that bomb had been a second later. They hunt in packs, thought Tagath. Abort mission, he wheezed. Meet me back to regroup with Mert and the rest of the slaves. In a matter of minutes, Tagath and Valash stood over the cracked body of Mert. Strewn around him were four dead Croatan slaves. The scene was horrific and brutal. It was obvious the Croatan had gone mad and attacked the unprepared soldier. The hairy bastards had ripped off the soldier's helmet, and all of them had died once the Psy-bomb was detonated. Where are the other two Croatan? There are supposed to be six here, asked Valash. They must have escaped the range of the Psy blast. They won't last long out there in the jungle, though. They stood for a moment, staring at the massacre before them. Come. We need to return to the colony. When they returned to Roanax, they were met with a disaster of even greater proportions. In the center of the city... Were masses of dead Croatan slaves piled in great heaps? There were screams coming from all ends of the compound. A bulky Koloktok worker scuttled out from a building with two dead Croatans slung over his back and then hurled them onto the center of a heap. Stop! Worker, come here and report to me! What is going on? commanded Tagath. The worker darted over and bowed respectfully. Sir, While you were gone, several Croatan slaves revolted. Revolted? Impossible! All of these? Uh, These are the ones that we think were... were involved. The revolt was... uh, a distraction. Tagath's petty palps flared. What do you mean? While we suppressed the rebels, those damned hairy little walkers, they... They what? Speak now! thundered Tagath. They set fire to the female hut, sir, the worker sobbed. They burned them all, burnt them all to the ground before we could stop them. They killed all the females. Tagath's head pounded. Rage filled him. To murder a female was unforgivable. It was so audacious and terrible an act that it was almost too much to believe. Have all the rebels been killed? asked Tagath. Many escaped into the woods, sir. Tagath's legs grew weak. The settlement was doomed without females. They were all condemned, out here on this terrible death planet. This primal, uncivilized hell, unless reinforcements came. Valash, gather an assembly this afternoon. I'm going to send transmission back to Kolok Talk, requesting supplies, females, and more slaves. Good slaves, not this stinking, unruly breed. Kolak Tok will not be happy to hear of this delay. But if we are to survive on this horrible planet, we will need supplies. Evening closed in, and the planet's one large moon could be seen clearly in the bright starry sky. Tagath sat on a large red rock and looked out over the valley. It had been nearly 500 solar rotations since the Slave Revolt and his last correspondence with the homeworld. He had not heard back from the Kolak talk since. They had said that there were some political problems evolving and that there might be a delay in sending a resupply ship. They didn't say how long the delay would be, but they assured him help would come. They wouldn't just leave the colonists out here to die. Why weren't they picking up his transmissions then? Why hadn't help come by now? Tagath looked around uneasily. The dragons came at different times to hunt, but mostly at night. It was getting harder and harder to fight them, to find food, to keep hope strong. This world was too alien, too perilous. Maybe help would never come. Maybe the Kolok talk had decided that this world was just too treacherous to colonize how terrible it would be to die here, in this alien place. He wasn't sure which would be worse, dying quickly from the claws of some dragon, or slowly, living to see the population of his colony dwindle with no females alive to produce offspring. Tagath imagined a day, hundreds or thousands, or even millions of solar rotations in the future, when Kolok Tok might finally return to this planet only to find no trace of roanax the lost colony in time the cruelness of this place would wash away all indications of what they had done here and what they had been there would be no tombstones no testament no legacy tagath gazed up at the single large moon which stared unflinchingly back into his five tiny black eyes miles below in the valley Concealed by cool darkness, two upright figures made their way through a lush midnight garden. One was male, and the other was female. The male held a large club. The female collected fruit from some low-hanging trees. It was dangerous to forage at night. They both knew that. There were many serpents in this garden. But they also knew that the shelled ones, their former masters, could not see them easily from their city above as they crossed through the valley. These two had overtaken the shelled one who was guarding them, the day that they were brought out into the jungle as dragon food. They were the only ones who had escaped that day. But then they found the others, those who had risen up at the colony and burned the huts of the shelled ones. Together they had made shelter and learned to live in constant fear, always careful, always vigilant. They were free now, though, when all they had ever known was slavery, for as far back as any of them could remember. The exhilaration of that freedom was enough to endure all of the crippling fear that this world could ever throw at them. The new world was cunning and brutal, but so were they, and they would survive. They almost seemed natural here. The shelled ones called them Croatan the only name they had ever known. In time, though, they would inherit other names, and their descendants would know them as the first. Well, that was our story. I hope you liked it. Not to toot my own horn, but I think any story that includes dinosaurs, aliens, historical tie-ins to mysterious vanishing colonies, and allusions to the origin of man pretty much deserves a Pulitzer, eh? Regardless of quality. Well, that's all for this week. Remember to comment on the website and send your stories to goatkeeper at hotmail.com. Check out normsherman.com for some sweet tunes. Tune in next week, and until then, I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Reminding you to keep an eye out on your girl. And if she's immobile, bloated, and fertilizing eggs, you should probably keep all five eyes on her. Noise for the room like smoke. Laughter like curses like booze from a glass. Words were all slurred when spoke. Yes, words were all splurred when I In the dark corner